Hi, everyone. My name is Tamara. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I call myself recovered. I'm not cured, so I'm not under any illusion that this disease is um, gone and that I can go back to eating my my foods that cause a problem for me or that um, if I don't live in the spiritual solution that I won't be back into the problem. But I call myself recovered because um, after years and years of thinking about food all day long, I have freedom from that now um, through through this uh, program. So I want to share my experience with step 11, but I kind of want to start with like, why is there a step 11? Why do I need a conscious contact with a higher power? I came here to get control over my food problem. And so um, what does is, what is, uh, higher power have to do with my food? Um, so I wanna just give a little bit of my background. Um, my my disease has, has um, two parts. And the first part for me is this physical part of my body where if I do eat, the foods or ingredients that um, trigger um, this phenomenon of craving for me, then I I want more. So this is abnormal. Um, a normal eater or that I that or normal eaters that I know, they become satisfied and lose interest in the food, and that just doesn't happen to me. If I eat certain things, my body and my brain just screams more, more, more. I need more. And that's unusual. So for that part of my disease, um, I've suffered quite a lot. I would, I would tell myself, okay, today I'm going to eat right. I'm going to control this. I'm going to eat the right amount. And um, I would sit down with something that I considered healthy, um, and I would start eating it, and it would give me comfort, like, oh, okay, I'm going to be all right. Life is okay. And then I would finish it, and. I would start to experience this sense of fear and dissatisfaction that now I'm not okay. And so I would think, well, if I eat some more, I'll get that feeling again. So I would go get some more food and then sit down and eat some more. And then I would start to feel disturbed, like, oh no, now I've eaten too much. And um, I would get into shame and then I would eat over the shame. And, and then there would just be this like horror and fear and pain. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself again. And so um, I like I needed to be eating, whereas other people would eat a meal, get full, push it away, go on with their life or their day. I was always thinking, like, when am I going to eat again? And I shouldn't eat that. I, I need to control my eating. It was always food, food, food. And that was, that was a pretty exhausting way to live. Um, and I'm powerless over that part. So what's the treatment of that part of my disease is... Um, entire abstinence and so it helps me to find that answer in the big book of alcoholics anonymous in the doctor's opinion at the beginning of the book and it says um all these and many others have one symptom in common they cannot start drinking or for me eating eating my alcoholic foods which are the foods that um just have this strange effect on me that it, it doesn't do that to other normal eaters. Um, this phenomenon of craving, as we have suggested, may be, oh, they cannot start 
drinking without developing the phenomenon of craving. This phenomenon, as we have suggested, may be the manifestation of an allergy which differentiates these people and sets them apart as a distinct entity. It has never been, by any treatment with which we are familiar, permanently eradicated. So I know I'm I'm not cured. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. So I support my abstinence by working with um, a sponsor, a dietitian. I have my food plan. I use the tools. I go to meetings. I reach out. I pick up the phone and call. I give service. I um, I use prayer and meditation. The tools really help me with abstinence. And in the beginning, when I had these strong cravings, I would, um, it was white knuckling, it was willpower for a bit. It was like being on a diet. And I would distract myself, I would drink water, go for a walk. Um, The tools really, really helped me. So there's that part of my disease. And like, if that were the only part of my disease, then that would be, that would be easy. Like, just don't eat those foods that are the problem. Like somebody who's allergic to peanuts, they just never eat peanuts. So, but unlike them, I have another part of my disease, which is the main part, which tells me someday, man, you really need to go back and eat that food. And that's just like the cunning, baffling, crazy part of this disease. Somebody allergic to peanuts wouldn't say, I really need to have some peanut butter today. They just know like, okay, I can't have that. And they go on with their life. So, um, why would I go back to that first bite? If I know there's going to be all kinds of suffering, I'm going to trigger that allergy of my body. Now I'm just going to be screaming for more and more and more and more. And why would I go back? That just makes no sense. Um, in my experience, no matter how long I've been abstinent, there will come a day if I'm fighting this on my own, where that first bite looks like my solution to life. And so, um, why would I do that? For me, it was because of the way that I lived, the way that I thought, and um, it's the way that I think. It's the voice of my disease. And I didn't understand this for m- most of my life. I just thought this is a this is normal and this is the way people approach life. I would wake up and tell myself, um, Tamara, you have to live this day right. You have so much that you need to do. You need to get exercise. You need to eat right. You need to do your job well. You need to win approval. You need to spend time with your loved ones. You need to have some me time. You need to work your program. You need to have some God time. And and, um, just all this like driving and chasing peace and security and enoughness. And I, um, I used shame as a motivator. I thought that that was a good thing to do. Like, Tamara, I can't believe you ate that much. I can't believe you didn't get exercise again today or whatever. I can't believe you. You had all these things on your to-do list and you barely scratched the surface. And um, what's wrong with you? So, and I would use fear. Like, if you don't, um, if you don't get this under control, you're going to be homeless. You're going to die of this disease. You're going to suffer a lot people are ashamed of you. You're going to have to like be taken care of and and people are going to hate you for that. And I would try all this. And um, this is how I would drive myself. A lot of criticism, a lot of self-judgment, and then trying to control, trying to control myself, trying to control life, trying to control the people around me. 
And it was an exhausting and very painful way to be in this world. And I thought that's just how everybody was, but other people were better at it than I was. And I didn't know how much I was hurting myself. And I thought it was the voice of my higher power driving me. And um, as I got into the steps, and especially step 11, my sponsor encouraged me to ask myself, ask my higher power, what do you have to say to me? What do you have to say to me in this fear? What do you have to say to me in this? And just just listen. Um, my higher power said, Tamara, my friend, that was not my voice all those years. That was not my voice. What I have to say to you is, I wanted you. So I created you. And you are a delight to me. You are a treasure. You're who you're supposed to be. You were never meant to be above the level of human. You were never meant to go through your day being perfect and doing it all and being in control. I want you to to know that you are enough and you have me, you're never alone and you're okay. And so as I come to believe in a higher power who says this to me, I start to believe in myself and I start to use this voice with myself. But my old voice of my disease after many decades is very strong, very deep. And so it will, it's my default. So this is why I, I live in the steps every day, especially step 11, because I need to keep returning to that voice of my higher power, which is gentle and affirming. So, um, so why do I need the steps? Because the steps are the treatment for this mental part of my disease that, that is so unbearable. I need ease and comfort in the food, even though I know that first bite is going to bring a lot of misery later. I just have to have that temporary relief in this moment because life is so painful because, because I mean, I don't even understand why, but now I by doing the steps, my higher power revealed to me all this old thinking, all this old way of driving myself that was so painful. And so, um, so going through the steps helped me see it. And then I practiced what I learned in the steps in living in steps 10, 11, and 12. So for um, the whole purpose of the steps is a new relationship with a higher power. And um, so step 11 helps me expand this new relationship and um, come to believe in a higher power who never abandons me and who is with me every moment and is safe and tells me that I'm worthy and calls me friend. So um, I just want to share briefly like my experience at this point in my journey with my practices of step 11, some of my practices. Um, and it's definitely a journey for me. And I, I hope that I will be on this journey for all the rest of my days. So the first um, that I like the directions in the big book for step 11. And there are three parts. And um, the first part talks about um, when we retire at night. So at the end of the day, I, I do this nightly review and it says we constructively review our day. So right there, I pause and I started by saying, 
higher power, help me to constructively review my day. And that's so important for someone like me who has this lifetime of self-criticism, looking back at my day and saying, oh, you should have gotten more done or you shouldn't have done that. And so um, my higher power comes in and says, let's let's just let's just look back over your day and see where where was God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself? Where is there evidence of spiritual growth? And so um, I look back and I see, you know, where's there room for growth and where am I growing? And I and I do it all with as as positive a, of a look as I can. Um, so I just go through the questions. There are these suggested questions and it, it says, you know, these are just suggestions. You, everybody, you know, you will have your spiritual practices that are effective for you. But I've found the suggestions have been very helpful to me. So the questions are, um, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? So I'll just pause. I, I have these all memorized if I get it going. And, you know, once I start, God, help me to constructively review my day. Was I resentful? And I, I do all of this really in just a few minutes. Some people will write it out and share it with someone and they find that very helpful. And I've done, I did that for a while, but what's working for me at this point is just like as I was brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed, I start running through these questions and I, I like to make it a meditative experience where I will ask a question and then just pause and create space for my higher power to give an answer. It's not a self-evaluation. If I self-evaluate, I'm going to be in trouble. And the voice of my disease is going to start saying, you should have done this. You shouldn't have done that. And so I just look back, you know, where was I resent? Selfish, dishonest, afraid. And my higher power just gently will show me that I was getting into fear over um, not being enough or fear over um, um, the the image that people have of me or fear of, you know, whatever, or resentment because things weren't quite going my way today, whatever it is. And um, dishonest, my higher power will show me some of these old ideas that crept back into my day. Like if you don't do enough, then um, you're not safe. These old ideas. And so then I go on with the questions, um, you know, was I, um, do I owe an amends? And, and I'll just, and I don't ask myself, I ask my higher power, do I owe an amends? Do I, do I owe an apology? And I'll just get quiet and my higher power might bring to my mind, a, I'm a teacher, so maybe there was a student that I was critical of, and maybe, you know, there's something I can do to make, to make that right. And so we're, you know, the questions are, were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves or of others? What we could pack into the stream of life? I have to be really careful with that one because I spent a lifetime trying to pack pack things in and do enough. Oh, thank you, Emily. I see that. So, um, so I try to just just relax and let my higher power show me all of the good things that were in my day. And I practice approving of myself the way that my higher power approves of me. Um, but I do look at, you know, was I thinking more of myself? And the answer is almost always yes. Yes. Even when being kind to people, I, and I, and I notice it without judgment. Um, just 
Yeah, I I wanted to be a kind and loving person. It wasn't completely like, oh, I, I really care about this person and I want what's best for them. Sometimes that's there, but sometimes it's, okay, I want to be a kind and loving teacher. So how do I need to act today? So that's, you know, just thinking of myself too. So all of this, it helps me connect with my higher power and improve that conscious contact. And then in the morning, the directions for upon awakening, there are some suggested prayers there, which I find really helpful to me. And the very first thing, and so I am in the habit of this, when I wake up, uh, the very first thing is um, higher powered. As I think about the 24 hours ahead, direct my thinking. And that's so important for me because it used to be wake up, Tamara, plan your day perfectly. And now it's like, oh, higher power direct my thinking. And right away is that relief. Like, it's not this burden on my shoulders to get it right today. It's just higher power. How do you want me to think about the 24 hours ahead? And I love that um, we ask for inspiration, intuitive thought, a decision. And so that's such a relief. Like my higher power is going to give me what I need to, to have the day that I'm meant to have. I don't have, again, it's not all on me. This I would put such a burden on myself to figure it all out. And then um, I like the prayer that says, um, I pray that I be shown all through this day what my next step is to be. I pray that I be given everything I need to handle any problems. And I ask especially for freedom from self-will. And for me, that's this idea that like I have to go it alone. I have to figure this out. I have to make things work out right. And it's a relief to ask for freedom from that. And then um, the last part of step 11, the directions in the big book are um, uh, all throughout the day. So there are suggestions how I can pause all throughout the day. And for me, it might look like just reaching out my hand for my higher power. And just um, I'm a very a visual person. And so I, I visualize like my higher power's hands on my shoulders or um, just uh, just any kind of connection. Sometimes it's just a breath. Just breathe my higher power in and relax my shoulders. Um, uh, sometimes it is I, I will set a timer and just set the intention to be quiet. And when I notice my mind wandering, just gently bring it back to my higher power. Often it is higher power, what do you have to say to me? But sometimes it's just like I'm in the middle of an interaction with a student and the student is, you know, misbehaving or upset. And I am just taking a breath and reaching for my higher power. Just reminds me, oh, yeah, I don't I'm I don't have to run the show. I don't have to be responsible for the behavior of others or myself. I'm not alone. I have my higher power. So with my. um my nightly review and my morning prayer and meditation time, and then pausing throughout the day. Um, I find that this treats that mental part of my disease, which drives me to the first bite in the first place. And so um, because I'm growing along spiritual lines with my higher power, um, I now find that I'm free from that mental obsession. I'm not seeking ease and comfort in anything oh thank you emily i um i i find that what my life has gone from being unbearable 
to um, being abundant, satisfying, and full of joy. And nothing has changed on the outside. Uh, it's all internal. It's all this transformation that my higher power is doing for me. So I can, I'm living, I can look at the same life and really truly feel gratitude. And those old, that old way of thinking, it certainly creeps in, but it's less frequent, it's less intense, and it doesn't last very long because I, I'm no longer alone. I have this higher power to reach out to who reminds me who I really am and how my higher power really feels about me. So that um, keeps me in a state of finding my ease and comfort in my higher power instead of needing to find it in the food. So that's my journey that I'm on. Thank you so much for letting me share.